0: The first I heard of any commercial companies being linked to COP26 was when I saw a Sainsbury's ad on TV saying they were a principal partner of the climate talks taking place in Glasgow. I was surprised. What was a large corporation doing getting its name attached to COP26? Well, I discovered that my ferret colleague, Paul Dobson, was trying to find the answer for an exclusive story for the ferret looking at all the principal partners. So I thought, he's the man to explain this. And I went to see him in Glasgow, where he's hard at work still, creating the best
1: COP26 coverage. And I asked him first, what is a principal partner? It's essentially just a sponsor. So yeah, they pay the highest amount of money to be a principal partner of the summit, which then buys them access to policymakers, the actual summit itself, the event, and gives them privileged access to promote their solutions to the climate crisis and also to speak to the press as well. So that's what it's, what it's bought at previous conferences. It's a little bit unclear what it's going to buy at this one, but essentially, yeah, they've paid for the chance to get their brand associated with the summit.
0: And also to influence policy?
1: Potentially. I don't want to speculate that on that too much, but certainly there have been instances of that at previous conferences, yeah.
0: So you've looked at all the environmental credentials, as it were, of uh, the principal partners, all of the principal partners. Where does Sainsbury's stand in comparison to the others?
1: Obviously, there are the 11 principal partners, as I mentioned previously. Uh, they have annual carbon emissions, both indirect and direct, which total more than the UK as a whole. Sainsbury's is around the middle of the pack in terms of climate emissions, so it produces around 27 million tonnes of carbon each year, so that's going into the atmosphere and causing climate change. So they're not the worst polluter of the sponsors, but they're also not the best. In terms of their other environmental credentials and other environmental issues around Sainsbury's, they were found to be the worst supermarket for plastic waste by Greenpeace in 2019. Now, they do point out that they'd moved up to 5th out of 10 this year. Its two clothing brand is manufactured in China, India and Pakistan. And obviously, the shipping of clothing and things like that has a big climate footprint, especially when you're, you're shipping it essentially across the world. My personal thing that I find most interesting, and it's not necessarily directly related to environment, is Sainsbury's Fairly Traded label. So that is essentially the red label they have on their tea bags. Now you'll recognise the Fair Trade Foundation so they are the ones that certify most Fair Trade products but Sainsbury set up its own scheme and that has been criticised because under their scheme premium money isn't controlled by the farmers in Africa who produce the tea it's uh, controlled by the Sainsbury's Foundation so farmers in Africa are basically saying that by taking away that control of that premium money they're being disempowered in a way that they've actually related to colonialism essentially. There's a lot of evidence of connections between the way that people maintain the environment and the amount of democratic control that they have over their own environment.
0: If it's they're more likely to be fair?
1: That's what I think, yeah. Sainsbury's have been ranked by the CDP, which certifies climate plans, uh, seven years in a row as one of the highest-ranked supermarkets, so they were keen to point that out to me. But that doesn't offset the fact that they do have massive carbon emissions. So I think the concern of environmentalists is that... A brand like that, which has benefited so much from carbon, having that level of access to, you know, a, an ostensibly democratic process like the COP process, just doesn't make a lot of sense, really.
0: So, would you shop at Sainsbury's?
1: It's a good question because, the, I mean, the, the short answer to that is no, it's too expensive. But <laughs> <laughs> the longer answer is that there are not really any alternatives, using a whole lot better, um, without you know really paying a premium to do that.
0: So I do sometimes shop here at my local Sainsbury's. As Paul says, there aren't a lot of alternatives to the big supermarkets. I read that Sainsbury's have made efforts to cut plastic waste and do other virtuous stuff. There are banners out here saying Sainsbury's is working to reduce food waste and working to make it easier to recycle. But how easy is it in the shop to make greener choices and to be environmentally friendly? As a reasonably well-informed shopper, I hope that I know to some extent what good choices are. But I also got a few tips from Pete Ritchie of Nourish Scotland, the charity that campaigns for a fairer and more sustainable food system. So as you come into the shop, first thing I'm going to look at actually is the cut flowers. You'll hear the quite loud hum of the fridges in there, which will always be in the background at this end of the shop. So, I'm looking at the flowers here. Six days guaranteed. Da, 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 da. No indication of where they're from or whether they're air freighted here. So, it would be good to be able to make a choice about buying uh, British flowers or European grown flowers. So, I'm going to look at the fresh produce. Here's some cucumbers. Where are they from? Let's see. Grown by Vicasol Spain. No indication of how they got here. Again, some Pomodorino baby plum tomatoes. Kind of thing I quite like from Maraisa in Morocco. No indication of how they got here. Hearts of Romaine lettuces grown by S Martinez in Spain. The stuff that's labeled as being grown in Britain. I, Konstantinov of, of Cambridgeshire, UK. C Shropshire of Cambridgeshire. Then we've got three baby avocados in a cardboard tray, but wrapped in crinkly plastic from three farms of South Africa. So again, I don't know how they're brought here and I can't make a choice. We've got fine green beans in a little plastic envelope and from Kenya. I keep looking at these things and looking for something that tells me whether they've been flown here. Right, let's have a look at apples. Apples can be grown in the UK and, and there are UK apples here. British apples, best British apples. But then we've got apples here from New Zealand and apples from grown in Italy. As I understand it, apples can be transported by boat, which has less of an impact on the environment. I must admit I have a taste for small cheese flavored biscuit snacks. I'm reading the label on this, and this has vegetable oils including palm and sunflower listed as an ingredient doesn't tell me whether that's sustainable palm oil. I've got Sainsbury's own brand cheese savouries here. Looking at the back, it does indicate that there's palm oil used in this, and there's no indication as to whether that palm oil is from sustainable sources. So let's have a look at biscuits. I'm partial to a biscuit with my cup of tea we've got a traditional Scottish caramel biscuit here, caramel wafer biscuits. And um, I think we all enjoy those here in Scotland. And yes, uh, we've got palm oil, along with lots of other ingredients. Uh, it mentions palm oil twice, in fact, and no indication again of whether that palm oil is from sustainable sources. Another proprietary brand of biscuits here, wheat flour, sugar, milk, cocoa mass, cocoa butter, vegetable fats, palm, shea, mango kernel and sal. So it's not really easy to make a choice here and you do have to scrutinize the labels. So on the plus side, I note that the freezers are all closed freezers, which is something that Pete Ritchie suggested I should look out for. I think that's pretty common in most supermarkets. I'm back in amongst the fridges as you can hear now, um, And I note that they're all completely open. It's actually quite cold down here, noticeably colder than the rest of the shop. So these fridges are refrigerating the air that we're moving about in, which doesn't need to be refrigerated. So that makes me wonder. So what did Pete Ritchie of Nourish Scotland make of my shopping trip? The first thing I asked him was, should Sainsbury's be flying stuff into the country from different continents? And if they did, should they not be labelling it as such? There's a limit to consumer choice. You know, at some
2: point, you know, supermarkets have probably come to choice edit things. You know, Compass, for example, have recently made a pledge not to air freight stuff in Compass, the big catering company. Um, you know, they just decide they're going to take things off the menu rather than air freight them. So I do think there's a bigger question for supermarkets about, you know, their policy on air freighting and this idea that we have to have, you know, 365 choice of everything rather than trying to sort of get something that's got a better balance to it. But I think in the meantime, if supermarkets are going to air freight stuff in, it should be one of the things that they tell people about their produce. But there is a challenge between the different things that people want to know. You know, they want to know, you know, was it grown with pesticide? They want an assurance that, you know, for a lot of people, fair trade is really important. Did the people get a fair price for this product? Was there any slavery or coercion involved in the labor force that produced this product or were people working to accept in international labor standards? I think people would expect the supermarkets to get it right on all these things. And ideally, supermarkets should get it right as a matter of course, and people shouldn't have to read the labels to choose to do the right thing. But I agree with you in the meantime, one of the things I think people do want to know about is, has this product been air freighted? Because as you say, even though vegetables in themselves a low carbon products. By the time you add the air freight on, you're talking about a very different product.
0: So do you think that bringing stuff in by ship, by boat would be better?
2: I think there are definitely arguments about shipping, although again, some people have argued that we've underestimated emissions from shipping. I think we need to look forward to those big sail ships that we're gonna have in the next century, I think. Um, but meanwhile, obviously things like bananas will tend to come in um, by ship and be picked green and then get a bit yellowy by the time they get here. Um, so there's definitely some products that have come by ship but the greener stuff and the flowers quite often will have been air freighted you're right
0: I also saw lots of packaging on the shelves Pete you know there was just tons of it one of the things that struck me was that the Cadbury's roses those kind of uh, big tubs of sweets which used to come in steel tins which I think is quite recyclable are now in big plastic tubs Mm. there seem to be things there that aren't quite right it's
2: interesting about the packaging isn't it because there's now plastics packaging tax. And since the Blue Planet stuff, there's been lots of places from supermarkets to really strip out a lot of plastic. And from some of the things you read, you know, it sounds like in numerical terms, they've done a lot of that, either stripping out altogether or replacing, you know, single-use plastics with stuff that's genuinely compostable, um, biodegradable. Which some of the early stuff, definitely wasn't, it didn't really work very well. Um, But I think with anything like those plastic tubs, hopefully we'll get to a point where they're a deposit return issue you know you pay 20p for the plastic tub and you bring it back to the supermarket where you put it into a machine and you get your 20p back so i think you know we what we really got to avoid is any sort of single use plastic um, okay we can only recycle it maybe two three four times but that's still better than just throwing it away so the sooner we get deposit return onto those sorts of containers the better um with other plastics you know just like the plastics in your salad bag or something is harder but i think there we do have to move to having a you know a genuinely compostable or biodegradable plastic that you can put in your food waste bin and it's going to disappear with the rest of the food waste if you try to sell salad without putting it in a plastic bag it goes pretty limp and pretty you know unattractive very soon so you've got about an hour probably and we're not going to sell salad that quickly so i think there's inevitably going to be some plastic for food because it it stops you know that's why we invented plastic to stop food degrading so quickly or getting contaminated but trying to get plastics that can be reused or can be properly composted I think is is a really important part of the mix definitely.
0: So we could go back to what it was like when I was a kid when there were deposits on things you know you could take your tizer bottles back to the shop your iron brew bottles and uh, get some money back on them. Well we we should be there Richard
2: you know we the deposit return scheme should be here by now there's been lots of argy bargy Unlike with when you put your plastic in the recycling, you know, lots of issues about different standards in different places and what can you recycle. You know, it's not beyond our ability as a species or certainly as a country to have a system where, yes, you pay a deposit on glass bottles and plastic containers and you get the money back when you take them back.
0: And what about these open fridges, Pete? They were clearly cooling down the aisle that I was standing in rather than just cooling down the products that were on display.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that certainly seems to me like a sort of first mover problem. And I remember talking to one of the supermarkets about this a few years ago and saying, well, why do you do this? And they said, well, it encourages people to help themselves. And if we shut the fridges, our competitors wouldn't and they'd sell more stuff. But we need to move on past this. I mean, it's a basic bit of corporate social responsibility. You keep the fridge door shut because that's what you do in your own home. And if we're doing stuff in business that we wouldn't do at home, that's a pretty poor show. You know? And if I had a penny every time my mom's head shut that fridge, you know, it's like I'd be a much wealthier than I am now. You know, it's something we grew up with. You shut the fridge. You know, it's not rocket science. It sets a bad example
0: so can we get change in the supermarkets by choosing products which are better for the environment can we get sainsbury's algorithms to see that we're choosing stuff that's better for the environment and therefore you know stock those things on the shelves more
2: yeah i mean we absolutely can and i mean cop 26 is a good example of why we should be you know paying more attention to our food and our food systems you know accounts for 30 percent of global greenhouse gas emissions everybody agrees that tesco's was in the grocery a couple of days ago saying It accounts for 60% of biodiversity loss. So everybody knows the food system's a problem. But what we have to be doing is, is taking the fact that supermarkets control so much of the food environment, so much of the food supply chain, that they have to exercise that power responsibly. And that means lots of different things. It means paying fair prices, but it means also minimizing their negative impact on nature and on climate and maximizing positive impact on human health and you know employment and you're really taking that power very seriously and we need to create a regulatory framework which allows them to develop that new business model in a model where actually they are providing a nutrition service to the country that's what they should be doing they are where we get our food from so they should be helping us actively to choose food that works for us for our health it's a massive health impact that we get from eating too much of the wrong stuff and not enough of the right stuff. A supermarket is in pole position to help us change our diets, to help us waste less food and to help us buy food that's been sustainably produced with regard for nature and animals. Supermarkets have that power. So we have to find a regulatory framework which allows them to do that and make a living and pay their staff the living wage. You know, so. We need a food system that works for everybody. There have to be businesses in that food system, but we need to realign the incentives and the regulations so that the end result of that is a food system that works for people and planet.
0: And you mentioned palm oil to me, Pete, before I went to Sainsbury's. It's often grown in areas where rainforest has been cleared away and it's very destructive.
2: I think there's a massive problem with palm oil. This is long-term damage to our ecosystem, ecosystem vandalism, and We're colluding in it if we're buying products that don't use responsibly sourced
0: palm oil. Thanks, Pete. Well, we put the queries raised by this report to Sainsbury's. They refused the offer of an interview, but sent us a lengthy statement. Ferret Paul Dobson joins me again now. Paul, you've summed up Sainsbury's points, I think.
1: Yeah, that's right. So Sainsbury say that as a principal partner of COP26, they are going to collaborate at the event with world leaders, climate experts and businesses who are at the centre of decision making. They refused to say, however, how much they'd paid for the privilege and said their experts would be involved in COP26 events, essentially showcasing Sainsbury's what they call leadership in cutting carbon footprint by 47% in 16 years.
0: What about flying stuff in? What do they have to say about that?
1: They didn't say anything about what is air freighted in in time for this report and said they would like to do some consumer testing on how to tell people how stuff got here before they do so. So essentially they're going to go away and figure that out. Uh, They also said they're aiming to be net zero by 2035.
0: Righto. And palm oil, what do they say about palm oil?
1: Well, they say that 99.3% of their palm oil is now from sustainable sources it wasn't clear if this included non-Sainsbury's brands, which are also among the things that you looked at in your shop.
0: And what about Fairly Traded? What did they have to say about that?
1: So they said that Fairly Trade was designed to offer more tailored support for farmers. So essentially, they're saying that by controlling the premium money themselves, they are able to better direct that into into different causes um, rather than leaving that to the more sort of um, horizontal way that premium money was handed under the fair trade uh, system
0: and fridges now let's look at we looked at fridges what do they have to say about that because i was quite concerned that they were clearly refrigerating the air around me
1: yeah so they said that they have introduced a new energy energy saving fridge system so that's basically designed to push the cold air back into the fridges but they didn't say why they did this instead of just closing the fridge doors and when we're
0: talking about reducing plastic and cardboard packaging, what, what do they have to say about that?
1: They said they were committed to reducing plastic packaging by 50% by 2025. They also obviously said they've moved up the leaderboard in terms of plastic packaging since they were found to be low down on that by Greenpeace a couple of years ago. Uh, they pointed out that the dis- disposable type plastic bags have been scrapped, bags for life have been introduced and that they have a new flexible plastic recycling c- scheme They then listed a series of initiatives, including cutting greenhouse gases and food waste, boosting recycling, encouraging sustainable and healthy diets, cutting water use and making their operations a net positive for biodiversity as well.
0: So from all that, it seems Sainsbury's aren't total villains. They are trying to do some good stuff and they certainly talk the talk. But it's a shame they wouldn't talk to us. But back to Pete Ritchie of Nourish Scotland. The last thing I asked him was, Does he think that Sainsbury's are a suitable partner for COP26? Forget Wimbledon, you know, forget the World Cup. COP26
2: is the biggest meeting in the world this year. To be a sponsor, you know, should be a huge honour. And you shouldn't be able to get that honour just by paying money. The competition, to be allowed to sponsor COP26, should have started, you know, a while ago. And it's been based on, You can only get sponsored COP26 if what you're doing is exceptional. You know, if you're the best in the world at whatever your business is in terms of sustainability and demonstrated climate impact. But this idea that we simply allow people to sponsor COP26 because they put their hands in their pocket, I don't think that's right. And this isn't against Sainsbury's. This is simply saying it should be a competition to step up to that, not simply a matter of money.